Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. This is Elijah Fire episode 285. Today's going to be a great episode. It's going to be it's going to be one for the books. It's going to be really good. Uh, before uh, I move any farther, I haven't had a chance to say this yet. Um, and I just wanted to give a big shout out to my sister, Jen. I was finally able to watch her episodes from last week last Thursday and Friday with Jennifer Martin and her team, Rachel and Amber, uh, two members of her team, and then also the episode with Kelsey. And I was so blessed by both of those episodes. Um, Such, such great content, specifically in regards to like trauma. Um, And we were talking backstage about possibly doing a a series on trauma. So if you guys are interested in us diving into that a little bit deeper with some of those women that were on there, let us know. I think it'd be a great, great resource for people. Um, also just how, how to walk other people through healing th- with trauma. But um, I always think my sister asks the best questions. I've always thought that growing up, we'll be sitting there and she asks a question. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What about that? You know? <laughs> so um, also she pointed out some weird thing on Kelsey's episode. Uh, she gave you guys a glimpse into my weirdness, um, which is the tip of the iceberg, by the way. Um, but she mentioned a, and she said, Jeff would probably clarify this. So I'm going to clarify this now. She said, I make a weird noise. And then I also call her blurg. It started as a weird noise. That is incorrect. Uh, it started out as sis. There's like a total evolution of this. I have a list. It started out as sis. Then it turned to solstice, And then it was solstice. And then it was sols. Like you kind of like make a little face sols. And then it was, uh, it was like this weird evolution from there. I can't remember. There was a couple more, but it turned into, <laughs> turned into, and then, and then it turned into, like, like a water drop, like, uh, and then it turned into blurg somehow. Um, and for those who watch the Mandalorian, there are blurgs. There are these creatures they write called blurgs. I had no prior knowledge of those when I came up with the, uh, the, the name blurg and it's spelled differently. So, uh, take that Lucasfilm. You can't slap me with a copyright. Um, but yeah, so glimpse into my weirdness. There's a ton of weird nicknames. People get weird. They get nicknames when they're around us. Um, you know, it's just a term of endearment and people usually don't have a choice. Uh, we usually give people tasteful nicknames. Um, but Lauren has a new one probably every single week. So does my cat. Uh, and so, um, even during Christmas, Lauren and I will address presents to each other. And, um, and every single one of hers has one of her nicknames uh, on them. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Thank you in advance. If you guys are w- listening to a Light Fire podcast on Spotify and you are not following us yet there, go ahead and follow us. That'll really help us out. Rate this podcast. Favorable reviews are preferable. But a review, nonetheless, will really help us get this out. Um, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, that'll really help us out. So we're going to jump in because we got a lot of love for Illumination, right, everybody? <sighs> yeah. Um, and speaking of nicknames, I call her Nash uh, because I didn't want to say a five-syllable name. And Nash uh, was just the way it was going to go. So um, our guest today, she's a writer slash creative. 
She originally hails from northeastern Oregon, cowboy town, um, but she's now over here in the Salem-Kaiser area with Lauren and myself. But she's also the producer of a very important show, and that show is this show, Elijah Fire. So without any further ado, let's give it up for our guest today, Illumination Spencer. Hey. Hey. Hi. Welcome to Elijah Fire officially live for the wow. first time. I know. I think I've been on once before, like a while ago. I think we just like a quick intro. Yeah, we and did then, like, like a you yeah. and Mariah. I think we yeah. introduced Mariah. And then you've yeah. had to like jump in once in a blue moon when my mm-hmm. internet chokes out. Mm-hmm. Which so people may been. have seen me before yeah time to time. yeah and then people yeah. have met you in person and all that good yes. stuff so yeah yes. so Nash, how how long have you been at the elijah list so in about two weeks it'll officially be two years so i'm like i'm almost there like right at the two-year mark that's so. wild crazy yeah i know the other day i was talking to someone and i i you came up and so i mentioned i was like yeah She's been here for a, a little over or almost a year. And I was like, oh my goodness. No, it's been almost two years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, we've been doing Elijah Fire a lot longer than that. So Right. Well, when yeah. I got my first day was the first day we recorded any Elijah Fire yeah. episodes. So, like yeah, I had never like I didn't end. know who you were. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got thrust into the deep end. I know. Uh, no clue what I was saying trial by fire. Yeah, they're like, by the way, you're going to be producing a brand new show. And you're like, yikes. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. It's okay. I was, both of us are in the same place in terms of just mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, um, right. and here we are two years later. I know. Rocking crazy. and rolling. There's so much, like I was just recently going over some of our older episodes. I'm like, man, there's so much like just good meat and stuff in there that like, even six months ago, it still like carries a lot of weight. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Become, like, we've come through, a long way. Yeah. When you're going through all of the old teaching series, because mm-hmm. what yes. are we doing, Nash? We are going to be putting them up on the podcast soon. So I, yeah. I don't know. It'll be in what, like about a month-ish? I don't know. Timeline, yeah. The first, we're... well, and yeah. we'll, we'll make a bigger deal out of this, you know, so we, we don't be like, oh, this is the only time they're going to mention it, but it's going right. to be. Well, first first oh, i think it's it's the first weekend of september i think is when we actually are gonna okay. i think i think that's okay. when it is we'll have to we'll have to yeah so we're mariah's gonna be recording special intros mm-hmm. for one they're gonna be all fancy yeah um and yeah we're really excited about that that's you know Mariah just told me september 2nd so september 2nd I there knew you, go, you guys. I have it in the official calendar, not in my own personal calendar. Oh yeah, Mariah just just <laughs> I am to me as well. Thank you, Mariah. So Thanks, Mariah. We love you. Yeah. 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 So um, so you originally, why don't you talk about well, hold on. Why don't you talk about before you came to the Elijah list? You went before. to Bethel. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty substantial thing for you. I mean, obviously you came oh, yeah. from a a smaller town and then venturing down to California. And why don't you talk about that really quick and then yeah. move on from there? Yeah, honestly, it was, I mean, I haven't really 
I haven't actually given it much thought since being like out of BSSM, but um, yeah, it was a really wild experience for me because I grew, I've always grown up in the church. So I was exposed to Holy Spirit very, very young. And then we moved to a town in Northeastern Oregon. Hi to all my Pendleton peeps. I love you. Pendleton is amazing. Um, I, you know, going to a town that's more conservative and the churches there again are more conservative so i went from being in like a really rich holy spirit environment to churches that didn't really accept holy spirit in the same way and i'm like what right. is going on what's like this is, feels weird and this feels like it well honestly like my brain was like this kind of feels wrong because it just wasn't what i was used to because i was right. used to people being wild and holy spirit crazy um so we my family my mom especially she was very good about keeping us still exposed to those kinds of things so we ended up listening to a lot of bethel teaching as a result of that and we were following like bill johnson steve wendy backland lots of these bethel people um and we actually went to a steve wendy backland event where i met some third years out of the bssm program and they're like oh yeah you should you should maybe like do bssm it's a really cool program you know and they i was kind of asking questions about it and then it just kind of just started to develop into this whole like oh maybe i do want to go do something like that and this is around my senior year of high school yeah yeah planted so around my senior year of high school and then i just decided to instead of continuing to do college um i took a year off and i did bssm for that year and yeah it was a really good experience i mean if anybody's looking at doing a ministry school i mean whether it's bssm or YWAM I like highly recommend it because it will like it will like shift a lot of things inside of you Mm because what happened to me was I ended up getting a lot of like stuff broken off of me I definitely came out of my shell way more and I'm even more out of my shell now like sitting here today than I was even at the end of BSSM Mm -hmm. so just kind of like starts to spur your growth in like in the prophetic and actually like who you like who you really are um yeah I definitely recommend doing it and it was just such a fun experience i still have a couple of friends from bssm that i still chit chat with from time to time and yep man i've met some of them yes you actually yes, you met both of them yeah shalisha yeah. and esther grace from yes. new zealand or Easter Easter yes. grace <laughs> yes yeah they are amazing yeah. yeah so it was yeah that was just a really a really good time it really oriented my life into being like I am actually going to like go after what God has for yeah. me for the rest of my life. And it kind of like, it made me more secure in this is like, this is my one thing. And then every other decision I made after that point was based on like, okay, is this something that the Lord actually wants me to do? Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. that you really mentioned like the, the process that you went through of like, okay, well, after high school, I went, I took a year off and I went and, and I did that because you know, I worked in YWAM and I did YWAM recruiting. And that was something Mm -hmm. I told people that I feel like, you know, society says you get done with high school, you, you jump right into college. And there are a lot of people that go into college and they don't, you know, they major in something that later they're like, ah, this is actually not what I wanted to do. And so even having a moment to pause like that, if it's a year really and reorient yourself with the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, as you're like officially out of school, you know, and right. you're going and doing something on your own terms um, is, uh, is really important. I think um, obviously some people 
know from the Lord that they're supposed to go right into college and do something. Um, you know, I don't want to negate that, but um, yeah, I can only imagine that was like a really, really formative time for you. Yeah, it, it really was. And I think had I not had I not taken that time, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. And I definitely would not be the person I am today. So I, I wouldn't like, even though some things about the ministry school experience like are hard. I mean, I won't lie about like when you do something like that, it is it is hard and you sure. do get stretched like a lot. You're forced to, to do things that you're uncomfortable with. You like I, I remember one specific time in a revival group where I was like actually like the my pastor put me like up in front of everybody. She's and she's like, You're gonna lead declarations today. And I'm like, uh no, but I don't okay. do that. Yeah. I don't do that. No. Um but I did it anyways. And it's just like, it's just, you just learn so much about yourself going through those and like really learning to like trust the Lord to give you things that you need to say. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was just, yeah, I recommend it. And, you know, it just sets you on a different, a different path. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. guess let's jump in that just a little bit farther before we go. Like why, if you could distill down like, okay, this is what was produced in me as a result of going and doing this thing for a year because you said that it's, you know, it, it really oriented you and it put you in a trajectory that you maybe wouldn't have been on mm -hmm. had you not done it. So why, what are some things that people can extract from that? I think that they can apply to if God has you in a season of really like really tight knit intimacy with him, there are certain things that get produced in you. So I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah. I would say definitely one thing for me was being more sure of myself and in mm. my own identity who I was um I had a pastor actually talk to me after and it, for me sometimes I don't I can't really put language to what I'm experiencing like for myself so having other people kind of affirm things in me is helpful for me to be like oh yeah that is what I'm feeling so I had a pastor approach me after and he's like you left as this little girl and you came back as a woman mm. meaning in the sense that like I had more so gain the confidence in who I was as, you know, as a daughter of God yeah. and at like who I am as a person mm -hmm. and coming back as just like, this is, this is me, this is who I am. And I think that helped me kind of figure out going forward where I wanted to go based on the identity that God had given me, like as, you know, as a creative, as a, as a writer, as, mm -hmm. you know, as just, you know, his, yeah. His yeah come on there we go yeah. okay so you were there for how long so it's a nine month program but i ended up being there for about like 10 or 11 months because i had moved early and then i stayed a couple weeks after just to okay. wrap some things up with friends but yeah so it was it was almost a year but not quite but it was like a full like school year it's not it's longer than a ywm is because i know ywm is like what about six months yeah it's like a dts yeah six months yeah yeah. um yes it's longer so that was in 2018 2019 yep okay mm -hmm. yeah all right so yeah. then how long after that did you start working at the elijah list and what was that season like in between those two events yeah so actually the lord impressed and this is maybe something important to point out for people who are either going to ministry school or going to be or thinking about it is sometimes you'll feel pressure to stay in ministry in ministry school or in the program for maybe longer than you're supposed to because mm. I definitely felt that 
when I was leaving BSSM because they like they have a whole like couple days where they have second year come in and third year come in and they're like talking to you about like what second year looks like and like how you'll grow in leadership and all this stuff and I was really torn in my heart about like I was like Lord okay it's like Lord do I need to like take care of things at home and like be ready for to do another year of this because I was like I don't know like I don't know what you want me to do because I really did like honestly feel a strong pull and I wasn't I wasn't as good at my discernment yet to figure out if that was holy spirit or if that was just like me kind of feeling the pressure of the environment to stay um but anyway i just felt like the lord was releasing me and just wanted me to do just do one year and i think sometimes that's hard for students to be like oh yeah i'm just here for a year and this is just the season in its totality and a lot of people have asked me like, oh, are you going to ever go back and do a second year? I'm like, no, at this point, definitely not. But mm-hmm. um, it was definitely like a, God had that, like it was a specific set time for that season. Um, and then God actually used me going back and finishing my college degree to get me kind of out of that environment because I had, had some help with school. And so um, I wanted to finish my bachelor's and so I left BSSM, came back to Pendleton, and then started my degree um, in English writing, actually, mm. and did that next. And that was just, I was just a student working retail for those, for those two years. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year and a half, two years, because I didn't, it wasn't until 2021, actually. Like, I didn't know the Elijah List was a thing until 2021. Which a lot of people didn't know that was just wild, wild, <laughs> right? yeah. well i think a lot of people say 2020 but like by 2020 i was still very much like not aware of a lot of things well um, we didn't really like yeah. we had started around when the election happened um and then you know we had started to kind of do five days a week but it wasn't until 20 like january of 2021 was when we just like i mean it was like flash fire just right so yeah yeah so yeah yeah so it wasn't until then um and really we found out about i found out about it because my mom um and she's a big reason of why i'm sitting here today yeah big shout out to andrea spencer anybody who gets to know her she's amazing she yeah she is the best i love her so much um very influential and mate like in actually making sure i was raised well and actually like also being a like a good stewarder of my own faith until i was ready at the age to like take it on myself and we still encourage each other like both of us will have conversations and really encourage each other in the lord too so that's nice that like i can have a really good relationship with my mom that's Mm -hmm. also a spiritual relationship too because we're kind of like listening to the same stuff and in the same kind of realm so yeah yeah, that's absolutely so So you did you got your degree in mm-hmm. English writing, but you had actually started here while you were still I, in mid I, study. Yes, I was. I was on my last year of school. So what happened in 2021, my mom started listening to Kat Kerr in 2020 or 2021. And that through that means she found Elijah Streams. And and she happened to catch the fact that Elijah Streams put out an ad for a production assistant. For Julie. And yeah. with Julie. Yeah. So I was Julie's assistant when I first started um, before moving into this full time. But um, so she happened to see the ad. She felt a real burn in her heart to apply. 
And I was also at the point where I was looking for another job. I was about ready to finish school and I just, the retail job just wasn't really working for me in my season anymore. And I was just like, I just need something different. So I was already looking for another job. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And my mom was like, hey, you should apply. Like you should, you should just apply. Just And she kept, it's a funny thing. She kept like nagging me about it. Like you're being but annoying. <laughs> I know, I know. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, mom. I will, I will, uh, I'll apply. Just, to, to, basically, I applied just to like get her if to it stop makes you stop, I will do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I applied, and then I ended up getting a call from Julie, and then did the whole interview process, which was around, or probably around this time in 2021, which is yeah. wild. Yeah. It would have been like just around this. Yeah, around August. This time. Mm-hmm. So then I, yeah, I obviously I got the job and here I am today. There just, were a lot of applicants too. I, so everybody, were. she's a diamond in the rough. Uh, no slam against anybody who is watching this who applied. Uh, there was like, I think like a couple, like 500 or something yeah, like there was that. A, yeah, there was a That's decent nuts. amount. Yeah. 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 And what was so interesting about that because i was asking the lord about that later is like okay because i had i still at this at this point i had a lot of like self-doubt in my own ability to like i was i had grown like a measure of confidence after ministry school but doing this something like this it's like taking it to a whole nother level and you just like you just it's like layers you just keep going to the next the next Mm -hmm. level which is why we call it level up guys it's our catchphrase here i know i'm gonna do a little shameless plug yep but, but, um, so anyway, I just had a lot of like doubt about like, oh my gosh, like, what am I even doing here? Like, I did not feel qualified at all. And actually the Lord told me, he's like, I, I'm like, okay, Lord, why, why me out of all these people? Why me? And he's like, it's just cause I love you. That's it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I like, I lost it. I cried. You <laughs> so, love yeah. me. I know. Yeah. yeah. So but it just God is just so good. And that's like been the one consistent thing in my life is like God just in his goodness has kept me in the things I need to be in and out of things that I don't need to be in. So yeah. he's definitely like kept me in a place mm. where I need to be. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that is a testament to like following his voice and being obedient you Mm -hmm. know and obviously not everything when you're being obedient not everything is going to be like man i i heard your voice but all of a sudden like you know this crazy thing is happening but there's a peace in knowing that where you are is is because of him you know Mm -hmm. and even if things are tough even if things get tough going like but i know that you called me to this so there is a piece that a measure of peace that comes from that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, he like God is the only reason why I'm here because it doesn't make sense any way else. Like it just it doesn't. Same, uh, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like had things not like lined together just perfectly, uh-huh. and God pulling me out of some other relationships and other yeah. things that I was in. Yeah, like even personally at that time, like early 2021, I would not be where I am right now, mm. which is just wild for me to think about. But God was really like working on my heart and pulling me out of some things and calling me higher up and honestly you see the analogy of like the um just calling me up the mountain to like a higher like again it's like a higher level of just this i have more for you than just Mm -hmm. where you are right now so Mm -hmm. like you you have the invitation to come on like 
to come up higher. And, you know, and that is entirely up to like whether you choose it or not. And I definitely knew I had choices to make of whether I was going to like keep going forward or just stay where I was. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're approaching our two year anniversary, which is in September. Um, But what has God produced in you? And you could kind of I guess we can kind of talk about imposter syndrome as well. I mean, because like, man, when you get called by the Lord into something like, oh, man, uh, the imposter syndrome can be very large and very, Mm -hmm. very, very big of just like I did people read the right resume, you know, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, but, but, you know, there's this, um, so obviously you had to walk through that of like, why Mm -hmm. am am I here? Like people are going to find out that I am like wildly, like underqualified for this job. And like, it's, I'm just biding my time, but then also, (laughs) yeah. But then also like, there's a lot that gets produced in Mm -hmm. you just excluding that even just right doing this for two, two years, what are some things that God has produced in you? How did you walk out the whole imposter syndrome thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, you were kind of a firsthand witness to most of, well, most of this journey for me, cause you were a huge, I'll just say like, guys, Jeff is amazing. He's so, he, he's so great. <laughs> like, come on, like you, you are, you are. And he's going to get all embarrassed now that I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> make funny noises. Bing bong, bing, bing. Yeah. It's, it's true. And you do, and you do inspire people to be better. That is something you're like, you're very gifted in pulling gifts out of people, which I think is something that I've experienced being under your leadership with mm. Elijah Fire specifically, but imposter syndrome is very real i don't want people to think like oh it's just like it's not it is all in your head but it's also not all in your head because it's definitely something the enemy exploits as like a thought pattern in your mind to keep bringing stuff up of like evidence as to why you are a failure and then it Mm -hmm. like it keeps re-perpetrating and um it's just learn you have to kind of learn how to like again apply scripture like ask the lord for scriptures and apply that to each situation or even just like yeah. look for examples of where you're doing well and focusing on those things rather than just um just always replaying the same moments where you may have like yeah. messed up you know and and it's just as you as you keep pri- like it's true what they say, like practice makes perfect. So as you keep practicing, whatever God's calling you to steward, you will get better at it. And you're yeah. abil- like your carrying capacity will expand and your ability to do what the Lord's calling you to do is like, is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just knowing that trusting the Lord that he actually has, because really this has been a huge trust journey for me of like, okay, like even if this thing falls right out from underneath the bottom of me like I still have God and and it's like he's gonna take care of me no matter what happens so even if even if this this doesn't pan out the way I think it's gonna pan out it that's God always has a solution Mm -hmm. and that's something I've even encountered with certain things like even problems regarding the show of like oh my gosh I'm panicking over this certain thing and it's not gonna work out right (laughs) you're on in two days yeah (laughs) 
we have a show to do and I needed something. Yeah. So yeah. there, there are definitely those moments and I'm like, okay, like sometimes I get so like frustrated that I just have to like, I have to get it like physically get up. I will get up from my office. I will walk out of this room and I will just like, I'll go get, grab coffee and I will just be like, okay, Jesus, you're in charge of Elijah fire. You're in charge of the schedule. I'm not like, I'm not going to touch it. You just, you just work it out and mm-hmm. it always works. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm also very yeah. much not one of those people that's like, we got to come on, we got to yeah. let me remind you of how serious this is. I'm, you know, very like, eh, we don't book a show, we don't book a show. We'll do our best. We'll figure something out, you know. Right. And I mean, really the best is all you can do. Right. And yeah. I then just accepting that in yourself was like, okay, being okay with like, okay, God, I'm giving you my best and that's that's all I can give and then just being like being okay with that because that's all the lord's really asking of you Mm -hmm. is for you to do what he's calling you to do to the to the best of your ability and he'll give you and he'll supply the rest yeah yeah that's great Mm -hmm. like yeah people chill out calm down Mm -hmm. relax relax like if you're doing the best you can yeah that's enough and obviously we want to give god our best we want to we want to and, and, you know, today you may give what you think is 110% and tomorrow you're like, all you've got in the tank is 70, what feels like 70% to you, but it was, mm-hmm. it was everything you had. And I right. think that being gracious to ourselves like that, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Having a lot of grace for yourself is a huge part of it. I've had to just like, and it's just really learning to be kind to yourself too, because like, I've had to kind of learn how to not like how how do I want to say this? Please pray help me. Um, <laughs> you need to learn how to treat yourself the way God would treat you, like inside your brain. So yeah. learning learning to change like how you're talking to yourself, like even on like in your internal world. Wow. Um, yeah. being kinder to yourself that yeah. way and just being like, okay, I you know what? I'm trying to even think of a really good example, but it's like my brain is like not <laughs> well even just like the criticism um, yeah. to yeah. yourself right you know like should have done that better you should have known better right. blah 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 yeah definitely yeah. and i think and i think it i think it's harder for people who are creatives too because so much mm-hmm. it feels like the stakes are higher when you're working on a creative project because so much of your personal investment is in it and so oh, if yeah. somebody doesn't like it or if if or if you mess it up it feels like it feels more personal <laughs> Than it would be if, you know, if it was just like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm doing these data sheets or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I got a number wrong. Yeah. Well, and I think too, to that, um, you know, like, uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about creativity, uh, like in a second, because it's something you and I are both very passionate about. We talk a lot about it, but is, is that whole thing of, um, I just forgot what I was saying right now. Hold on. It's coming back. It's coming back. Here it is. Get ready. Um, We were talking about creativity and it's going to come back by the time we talk about creativity. But one thing I did want to say also, I was thinking of two things at the same time. And then it just was one of them was a casualty. It always happens. One of them was a casualty of war. Uh, But um, is you and I have both had surprises with the show where like you maybe like, you fumbled, you felt like you fumbled with just like, you know, getting all the information or talking points or organizing something, you're frazzled. Um, or 
I do an episode and I'm like, that was like the worst episode I've ever done. I felt like it was off. And then like, it ends up, everybody is just yeah. like, dude, that episode was amazing. This guest was amazing. And like, that's, a, it's just a good reminder for both of us of just like, it's not about us. It's right. Not, it's not yeah. about us. Well, and I think that goes back to something you even had said when we started this, which feels like so long ago now but also not very long ago at the same time it's really weird i was looking at some episodes i'm like wait we did this six months ago it feels like forever ago Uh, (laughs) like what happened um but you said like it's just this this whole thing it's it's not about it's again it's not about us but this is this this is god's thing and he's he's what makes it good like god is what makes this show good and so even if you you or i fail in our ability to present this well to like to everybody else god fills in that space so really really it's like and again back to the imposter syndrome thing take pressure off yourself to like because you don't need to have the weight of the world on your shoulders because that's god's job it's just not good for your mental health it's not like no yeah no way yeah yeah so if i if i were to focus on like how big of a like how big of a maybe even because this this show sometimes it like it does carry a spiritual weight it is like in a sense a spiritual burden um if i were to focus on that all the time i would probably go crazy (laughs) and i like not actually like rest in the lord and actually like no like this is this is something he's given me to steward but ultimately it just it comes down to him and what he wants to do with the show or even like not even just a show but even like personal creative projects for anybody else who's like for myself or anyone else who's listening um just anything you're working on it's ultimately Uh whatever you're doing you're doing unto unto the lord right yeah yeah Yeah. oh i remember what i was going to say in regards to art and creativity Mm -hmm. is i think you know like you were mentioning you and i are very similar in that um you know like anything we do we're going to put you know our heart and soul into it you Mm -hmm. know and we're just they just um, and you know, for a long time, I thought I, I was kind of ashamed of that. I, uh, cause I knew other artists, friends were like, they could literally produce something for someone, no strings attached, no emotional investment. It's just something they did. And I just realized after a, a little while, I'm like, I can't do that. It is impossible for me. Even if I'm doing something for someone, I have to be invested in it, into mm-hmm. it. Um, and um and realizing that that is okay you know um, yep. and so everything that you've seen that we've you know i've created or illumination has created like you know even like the little intros that she does the little like uh show descriptions that you read like when we make a show announcement mm-hmm. like all yep. of that like we put our heart our heart and soul into <laughs> we, we can't help it i know, know. It, and that's just the nature of being a creative mm-hmm. it just that's just the way we're wired but also when you do that it allows for things to feel a bit more authentic and it actually feels like there is an actual pulse and heart behind the show mm-hmm. that i think sometimes when you're just when you're just doing things for the sake of just like doing it and getting it done it like you, you don't have the same that same feeling out of it. it doesn't feel as genuine it doesn't feel like there's life attached to it i would say right. yeah right. yeah i 100 uh, agree all right. So um, obviously you are part of something that's unique about us is, you know, we're a generation apart. I'm part of the millennial generation. You are part of the Gen Z generation. Um, yes. So I'm in my 30s and you're in your 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously you have a big passion for your generation. 
as you should, as any spirit-filled believer should about their generation. Uh, but let's just talk about it. Um, what would you say about Gen Z? Uh, what are some of your observations about that, mm-hmm. that maybe some other generations might not know? Or just go for it, Nation. Okay. I kind of want to start with like just... Side, uh, sidetrack a little bit, but it does pertain to Gen Z. It actually took me a while to actually love my own generation. And mm. I think that's something important to point out is because our generation has been fed a lot of like hate and there's a lot of animosity in between specifically Gen Zs and boomers. And we just kind of like shot at each other all the okay, time. Okay, boomer. It was, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I had to, I actually had to get to a place where like in my heart, I had to repent for doing that because wow. I did like I did, you know, I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, I need to repent for having animosity for generations older than me, but also having animosity towards my own generation because mm. I didn't want to be associated with a group that was being hated on all the time. And I was yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not like them. I don't like, I don't want to be like like them and honestly it just took me a little bit for like god to actually change my heart about like actually there are some really cool things about gen z that i think get overlooked especially like within the body of christ too is like one in particular everybody kind of like generally accepts this but gen z is super creative super innovative we have tons of like cool ideas and also we're very like intuitive and we have the in growing up with all this new technology we have the unique gift of knowing how to like use it very very well and very wisely to actually like do really cool stuff with it so i mean i think that's definitely a gift that like just timing wise god's given our my my generation mm-hmm. um but something that i like really specifically wanted to hit on was um when i look at gen z now i think about how it's a generation that really is lacking purpose it like it is a generation that is so hungry and desperate for their purpose and like their actual design and we have seen the opposite of this as the enemies exploited it in in our day and age right now as you see all this activism like particularly like the gender confusion all the climate change activism all the the woke wokeisms whatever you want to call it it's like a whole it's a whole thing they literally have made politics or whatever it is their identity and like their 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 activism is now who they are and i think it's just that they are so they so desperately just want something bigger than themselves to be a part of and when you grow up in a world where god's been sort of removed from society as a whole like my generation i feel like there are more people in my generation who actually like grew up in a home that like never once mentioned jesus than like maybe generations prior and i like crazy yeah yeah see and i don't and i and i don't know the statistics on that but that's just something i've observed where like it just seems like the gen z is very polarized where either you like you are like really on fire for Jesus or you're like completely out and you have like no idea. And then you kind of get involved in the the new age spiritual stuff if you want to be spiritual, um, just because there's you don't know of another way. Um, but I think Gen Z also in searching for their purpose has this like save the world mentality. And that's like also the activism thing of they just really want to, they they want to build a better future they want to have that purpose. And I think that once Gen Z, more more of Gen Z gets to a place where, like they're really set on fire and for the Lord, um, man, this generation could easily just flip. Like, yeah. 
easily. Well, and um, it is, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that we're seeing. Oh yeah, we're seeing it. We're seeing it with like specifically. I was thinking about Ross and Ross Johnson and Joel Mott, which we've had yeah. on the show before, and even mm-hmm. um, and their events are huge. Lots and lots of young people, and even Jennifer Martin has come on here and said like, oh yeah, all, all the teenagers that get saved at our events, like they're just like going for it. And I'm like you go guys like that's mm-hmm. like, like those are my people so mm-hmm. i'm just i'm really excited to see what the lord's gonna do with that and i also would like to be a, like a personal dream of mine would love to be a part of and i get to kind of do this with doing the show is be a part of having a voice out there giving gen z a different way and a different purpose of like actually like hey you were designed to actually yes you are designed to change the world but you can change the world in a way that actually is more healthy than what you're doing now and actually like there's a will and like God has a will and a plan for your life. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And it's not like and it's not anything like it's going to be above your wildest dreams. But yeah. 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 Well, and I think that the thing that we're seeing even within Gen Z as I've observed it is it's like, like you were saying, you know, they're either sold out for Jesus and you're hardcore or, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sold out for Jesus, but you're still right. hardcore, but like in all the wrong ways. And I think that that's really profound. Like the whole like savior mentality, like I, I, my activism and my friend's activism is going to be the thing that is going to get everybody set straight. No, it's not like not trying to burst anybody's bubble, but kind of you're not going to. The only hope is Jesus. The only hope for any generation is Jesus. The only person who can truly save is Jesus. I'm not negating. I'm very pro from Oregon. I'm very pro like taking care of the environment, a recycle, like hardcore, um, you know, but um you know, at the same time, like that's not, that's not going to save the planet. Like ultimately mm-hmm. Jesus is the one that saves the planet, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really interesting, but like the whole like hero complex thing, savior right. complex thing, however you said it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's something that even has just been instilled in Gen Z in, in a media sense. And I mean, I'm taking this from somebody who's been exposed to a lot of literature. And I was like, I was obsessed with all of the dystopian books that came out from like 2010 to like, I don't know, 2018. So I read all, I I basically read them all, but I think it instilled in Gen Z this idea, like, yeah, they can be, they can be the heroes, but also they like, they want, they want to be part of change. They, they want, they want that because that it gives them something to fight for. And I think once, once Jesus grabs a hold of that, we're like, we'll see some really, really cool stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and I honestly think, um, I think the, it's interesting that you mentioned dystopia because I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I have a different view. Obviously there are, there are certain things within Hollywood and, and popular culture that are telegraphed by people that have nefarious objectives um, and motives. But I do think that there is it's really important to look at what the heartbeat of popular culture is at a time um, and go, okay, why, why are people so, why did like, especially in like the, what was that? That would have been like 
the 2010s uh, probably yeah. would have been like dystopia. You got the Hunger yeah, Games. I, you've got. Yeah, I can't um, remember exactly when the Hunger Games came out, but that's definitely that. like an example. Right. And and I think that um, and all of those have definitely pulled from inspiration from 1984, George Orwell's yes. 1984. But um, I look at that as I mean, because Gen Z were like the prime people that were really into that. But it's all about it's all about the government. Right. Most of the time, the government overreach. It's about government mm -hmm. overreach. And guys, you, you got to be blind to not see that there's massive right. government overreach right now. And so you also have this fighter's nature within um, Gen Z to want to mm -hmm. do something. And if they see an injustice, they feel it very strongly, which right. I would say really began in the millennial generation. But mm -hmm. it's very concentrated in gen z and i look at also you know the past couple of years been looking at like revolutionary war history and there's a lot of young people like these big figures young people that would have been gen z aged that were prominent figures within the the you know, revolutionary war um it wasn't just you know 20 somethings but there were a lot of people that that were and so i think that that's something there is something there too because there's a lot of people going back to like the roots you know constitution mm -hmm. 1776 what you know like hey i really should what should look into that so that is a whole nother element to yeah. your generation yeah this might this might take us on a rabbit trail but the disciples were also young like we keep yeah. hearing that but among like many teachers will say like yeah the disciples were also very young like i think some people even say like they were teenagers maybe at the time so yeah it's just it's just kind of crazy like i think god has put something in young people of like and i think it's just something maybe that age range because the oldest gen z's now are going to be turning 25 or 26 and i'm kind of like on the older end and then the youngest start i think it the cutoff is like 10, 2010 or 2012 so now you have like the the youngest ones being like about 13 ish so mm -hmm. we'll just we'll just kind of ballpark at 13. So you have a really unique group of people who one have a that's a you have a lot of time when you're that age. So they have a lot of time and a lot of time to influence people. And um and two, they also like you're they're at a prime time for like God to really get a hold of them too. And we're seeing we're seeing we're seeing that across all kinds like lots of people on the show have said like at their events it's just tons and tons of young people mm -hmm. now getting getting saved and i think it's just something that god's like really just put his like fingerprint on gen z of like this generation is actually like really in a crucial moment of like whether or not like kind of determining what this generation is going to do going forward yeah. um and i'm really excited to see like what like what is going to end up happening the next couple of years yeah, well, and something I actually really want to point out really quick, just as we're talking about generations, because, you know, we talk about that, you know, often, and there's a lot of talk about that. And I've, I've seen from some of the older generations, some frustration or annoyance and that there's such a focus on generations. Oh, we didn't even worry about that when we were younger. That's true. And mm -hmm. I think that especially with like the boomer generation, you have the luxury of having grown up during a really fruitful time within American history of post-World War II. There was high family values. There was a nuclear family. Um, and what we're dealing with is the byproduct of a lot of 
uh, indoctrination. A lot of, you know, yes. like my generation really fell victim uh, to like the latchkey program, after school program. And I was just thinking about this this morning as I was, you know, talking mm-hmm. with the Lord, um, interestingly, but about how, you know, we were victim of the latchkey generation. And a lot of that was pushed because it's like, oh, the mom, she doesn't need to be a stay at home mom. She mm-hmm. can go work and she can go do this. And I'm not against women in the workforce at all. Um, but, um, but that as a result, kids got put into after school programs. We got discipled by TV. We got discipled by other kids. Cause even in latchkey, you know, there was leaders, you know, people that kind of ran it, but kids pretty much just hung out. It was like Lord of the flies, you know, we just like hung out, not so violent, but you know, like we formed clans and, um, uh. you know, and so I think that what what we're seeing now is some very key things within certain generations, you know, and you can kind of trace them back from boomer to gen X and then gen X to millennial and millennial to gen Z. And I think that um, we can see the degradation of society in that, but in that specifically in gen Z, God is each one of those generations. You can actually look and you can see God's plan. Um, Mm -hmm. But specifically in Gen Z, it's, I mean, like, I would say like, well, what's, what's the opposite of what Satan is doing? That's a good indicator of like what God's plan is in regards to each generation. Yeah. And I would say to that too, like, if we were to say like, Gen, and I'm, I'm not guys listen to me when I say this, I'm not preaching like victim culture, but I'm going to say, I'll say this. So you just kind of separate that idea from what I'm about Mm -hmm. about to say. Gen Z, if we were going to say like Gen Z is a victim of something, you would say Gen Z is definitely a generation that is a victim to fatherlessness. Mm. Um, We are a generation that has not been parented. I know I grew up knowing so many, like a majority of my friends had divorced parents or there wasn't somebody like, like the family is just falling apart always everywhere. Like my whole group of friends in high school, we all had our issues with our families. Like it was just not nobody had a good situation at home and i and i and i think that is kind of a standard in our generation which is really sad one but two it also proves something that god is doing if you were going to say like okay so what's the opposite the opposite is like gen gen z wants to form really really strong bonds and wants family and is looking for people to give them wisdom so i'm going to say like to the the boomers gen xers even millennials like we are like us as a, as gen z's we are so hungry for good wisdom and we need people to come alongside us and kind of steward us and point us in the right direction so i mean just like i guess take that as like a little like nudge if you have been waiting on like somebody to kind of nudge you in the right direction to like maybe start discipling some people i would just strongly suggest yes that because gen z so desperately needs fathering and to learn how to build family and once that shifts well we're gonna see society kind of follow along because society follows the family Mm. yeah absolutely absolutely so what do you how do you see gen z in relation to the church like what do you have anything to say about that yeah so I've kind of met this issue with a lot of frustration, actually. So when I've talked to the Lord about it, I'm like, I'm just so like, and I don't know if this is based on just where I'm located personally, or just like my, per. this is, I'm just going to go based off of my personal experience. Somebody else could have a completely different experience. So 
what I've noticed is there actually aren't a lot of people my age in the local church congregation. I'm like, and I want to separate when I say church, I'm talking about like little local churches. I'm not talking about like the church as the body of Christ as a whole. So I'm talking more so about church as an institution, not church as the body of Christ. So I want, I want to make that clear before I kind of move into what I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, I don't see a lot of my age group in church. And I was really frustrated by that. And I was asking the Lord one day, like really just like kind of being mad about it and kind of like throwing a little pity party about like, oh my God, why? You know, because mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not perfect. And sometimes you have those conversations with the Lord. Uh, and I was just like, okay, yep. God, why? Where is my generation? Like, why aren't they in churches? Like, why can't I find anybody my own age to, you know, deeply connect with and like on a, deep spiritual level and i felt this phrase kind of drop in my spirit of like gen z wasn't made for the church and i'm like okay and i haven't really heard anything specifically more than that and so what i'm going to say next is definitely more so based on my own personal experience and my observations but i feel like that that little phrase kind of goes along with different things that we've been hearing about like from Raymond trainer and yeah. um people like john rutke um, amazing people of like how God is shifting the church, the institution of the church as a whole into something new. And I feel like Gen Z has giftings in them to really maybe take up uh, the torch to make the church look different and maybe take it on a more interpersonal level because Gen Z is so like, yeah. Gen Z is not one for small talk. Like my sister and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, like we like hate small talk, hate it. We just don't, we don't do it. We want to, we want to go like, I don't know. I don't know if that's just our personalities, is, but my sister was saying, I don't know one person that doesn't like one Gen Z that doesn't like that actually enjoys the act of doing those. Hey, how are you? Small talk at church and all that stuff. So we want that deep connection and we want real, we want real authentic transformation, real authentic relationship with the Lord and real authentic relationships with other people. And I feel like that really can only shine through if churches maybe are home churches or they're just smaller congregations or smaller groups and and small enough to where people can actually have authentic relationships with each other yeah. but also maybe have more accountability and there's more genuine growth out of those places than yeah, maybe in like the bigger church congregation setting it's and I'm easier not to saying, hide in a, yeah. a, a bigger church congregation it's a lot easier to oh, hide definitely. or fall through the cracks either one right yeah if if i wanted to go to a church and not be noticed i could definitely do that and easily mm -hmm. just like get in right before the service starts and book it right before it ends you know if you really mm -hmm. just were like i'm not talking to people today i mean you you can you can do that but i think when you boil it down to oh i'm going to my friend's house to have a meal and we're gonna we're gonna I mean, you don't have to do the whole, I mean, we're going to do five songs of worship and we're going to like have somebody preach, you know, you can do that at home. You can totally do that. But I think it, you know, do what the Lord leads you to do. But I think once like, if we're in an environment where it's like, oh, I'm just sitting down and having a conversation with a friend, kind of like what we're doing here right now, or even mm -hmm. stuff that I've done with friends in the past, I feel like the Lord grows me more and maybe convicts my heart more in those types of situations than if I were to sit and listen to someone preach at me at church. And I'm not saying local church is a bad thing. I love the local church. I love I love the people and I think it's a good thing to have. Sure. And 
Yeah. And I'm not saying don't go to church. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think that we're in a season where the Lord's shifting what church looks like for different people. And maybe Gen Z will be kind of a carrier of what's coming next. Right. Well, and I think, you know, millennials, you know, we definitely are like, uh, you know, we can smell in inauthenticity right. very easily. Uh, you know, we want authenticity and we want a real connection. But whatever we are feeling in regards to that, I would say Gen Z feels that more in that it's easier for mm -hmm. maybe us to adapt into a home church environment, not a home church, but like a, a church environment or whatever. But I, I think it's just important that we look at these desires that are that these burning. And it's like, I, I just want to connect with people like that is a prompting of the Holy Spirit because it's mm -hmm. not just a cluster of people here or there. Yeah. Like that's like body of Christ wide. And I would say it's really e escalated in the past handful of years, maybe post 2020, especially. Um, so that's, that's an important thing for all of us to acknowledge, you know, and I would say your generation probably feels that like the most maybe. Um, I mean, I would say personally, as as a Gen Z, I definitely feel that very strongly. Like, I just so desperately want deep, intimate connections with other people. Like, mm -hmm. that is like, and I think that's just me. And maybe that's across the whole generation. But I know for me personally, I just like, I want to steward relationships that are going to force someone else to grow, but also force me to grow as we're walking out our relationships with Christ together. And I think that's maybe, maybe what God's kind of doing next in this, it, like with shifting how the body of Christ, like the church structure, not the body of Christ, but like the church institution as a whole, like looks and at like we being the body of Christ, helping each other grow on a more interpersonal level rather than yeah. just, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to a message and, um, and go about my merry way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Nash. So, okay. Let's transition to creativity and writing illumination. You graduated with a degree I did. in writing English mm -hmm. writing. Is that what it was? Yeah. It's English writing. Um, they kind of group it all together. So I, and I have, let's see, it's a bachelor's in English writing. And then I did a minor in something else that doesn't really matter. So uh, not applicable to what we're talking about today, but um, I want to say just because I got a degree in it doesn't make me any more or less of a writer than anybody else who doesn't have a degree in it, because mm -hmm. I just want to make that clear just because I've been more formally trained does not make me any more or less of a writer than anybody else. So I, kind of wanted to make that um distinction but in getting that education I it's it started for me in high school really because I did college two years early so I started college when I was in my junior year of high school so I was 16 when I started college so I took a lot of writing classes in those in that time like I took every creative writing class possible no. that the school had to offer like <laughs> until I was like I literally was down to like the last class and my writing professor uh professor Kai she was great so um she she was like she took me aside she's like you can't actually take this class because it's below your level and not like 
and like you're not gonna get anything from it i'm like that's the only one i haven't done yet and she's like chill so so i and honestly i'll kind of go back to her really quick she was actually somebody not a christian i don't think she could be i don't know but definitely not somebody who was like a holy like Holy Spirit used her as a secular voice to affirm the gift in me that he'd already put in me because I had grown up loving reading my whole life and loving and I didn't really realize writing was something I wanted to do or something I was gifted in until my professor actually pulled me aside and was like, hey, you're like doing this college class early, like Mm. you're younger than everybody else. And she pointed out two things. She's like, you're one of the only students in this class that one cares and then two is actually really good at this. So mm. you need to keep keep doing this. And I think it took a secular Holy Spirit using a secular voice to affirm that in me to actually get me kind of started on this trajectory of creativity and writing. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Because had that not happened, like I think some and I think sometimes in the church, we can hear an encouraging word, like either from our parents or from our friends or even from people in church being like, oh yeah, you're really good at that. And sometimes we're like, are you just saying that to be nice because we're Christians and we're supposed to be nice? Um, so yeah, it kind of absolved that doubt of like, oh, okay. So this is actually something I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Um, yeah. Cause she would sell it to you straight as your teacher. Right. Right. Yeah. She would, yeah, she would just tell me. So, um, in that, I kind of want to jump off into receiving prophetic words about okay. your gifts because I've gotten tons and tons and tons of prophetic words about writing, like lots of it. I'm, I'm honestly surprised when I don't get a prophetic word about like, oh, I see you writing like that. That's like su- when I don't get it, it mm-hmm. surprises me. I'm like, okay, well, it's something different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for people who have tons of words like that and especially like in the creative space if you don't actually sit down and write or if you don't actually sit down and paint or if you don't actually sit down and do whatever the word is nothing's ever going to happen right you have to actually steward that and you actually put work in yeah well it's an an analogy i've used before is like if if i give you a prophetic word or some rando person gives you a prophetic word Nish, about like i see you running a culinary business and it really resonates with your spirit right and you're like oh my goodness what would be the logical next step especially if you you lack culinary skills what would be the next step to go and get formal training right, right. or to at least start learning how to do it the absurdity of not it it applies to what you're talking about because for me to go especially someone's like i see you like running like multiple restaurants and michelin star i see michelin star um and then you don't the only thing you know how to do is make like macaroni and cheese out of a box and you're just like oh god open the doors i'm like not unless you're ready like and even then like the whole idea of like being ready is important to get out of your own head of what you think that means if god opens a door for you to do something and you've been diligent like like we were talking about earlier about even getting this job of being like i feel woefully underqualified you know um 
you know, it, th that's a whole nother conversation, but it is important to do everything in your own ability mm -hmm. uh, to get in front of that door so that when God opens it, you are ready to walk through it. Yeah, very true. And um, when the opportunity does present itself, you will, like, if you take the time to steward the calling God's given you, when that opportunity does open itself up to you, whether you feel it internally or not, you will be ready for it. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm learning. And I, I've kind of learned now of, like, it's a process to get to get there. And it, honestly, guys, stewarding whatever gift that you have it's it's work i won't yeah. lie like like when god when god says like oh like this is something i want you to do it's not gonna like just drop in front of you and it's just gonna happen you actually like you actually have to work i have to sit down and make myself right yeah <laughs> or be creative even when i don't want to do it <laughs> so yeah yeah i have nothing in my brain to even write today uh -huh. and it's yeah. just yeah but you just do it and um one thing i'm learning right now is like just in the past couple of months the lord's kind of moving me into writing more he's actually given me a specific project that um he like i had started like way back in 2016 i had started this project and I had put it down and the Lord just this year was like, hey, you remember that thing you worked on? Everybody many years ago. Hold yeah. on. She's she's there's an important she would not stop talking about it. And she's like, Oh yeah, this one story I did, but like it's I won't go back to it. And I think Lauren and I were even like, Hey, maybe you should go and look at that thing again. I know. Maybe so, you should read it. Yeah. Because you yeah. wouldn't you talked about it a lot. Well, because I think it's actually the one thing I've worked on the most and I actually loved the most, but didn't ever think anything was going to come of it. Um, and then the Lord was like, hey, um, you know what you should do? You should you should read that. And, you know, you should you should go over your manuscript and you should edit that and you should like work on it. And I'm like, really? Why? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want like because here's the thing I'm kind of like every artist struggles with this and I won't lie it's just like it's just something we all do you go back over your own work and you're like oh yeah skill level becomes really like a bad. barrier between you yeah. actually being able to see like your skill mm -hmm. level at the time is like yeah. this wall for you to even you can't see sometimes it can be very difficult to see through that to actually like what you were after right and to actually extract the gold from that mm -hmm. you're like oh lame cliche dumb line yes. This thing's horrible. Throw it in the trash. Yeah. I know. I know. If I showed you my manuscript edited, you'd see lots of red X's and just like tons of stuff crossed out. But there is like in the process of like the Lord actually taking me through editing it and going through it again. He's actually shown me like there is actually good stuff in there that mm. like he I feel like he obviously he's asking me to write it for a reason. And he's wanting me like I don't know if it like. It, this could end up being one of two things and this is something i really want to hit on in this process of like we're taking me taking you through the process of just stewarding your gift for for your own sake and shifting and he's been shifting my focus into just impacting one person with story specifically so and even in stuff we do here for the show i'm like i need to shift my focus to be if only one person watches this and is encouraged, it is worth sitting here for an hour and doing right. and doing this and having this conversation. Like even if it is just one person and even more so 
so with the story specifically, I really felt like the Lord was telling me, like, is this story worth writing if it only impacts one person? And is it still worth writing if that only person is you? So is it worth doing? Yeah. 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 Is it worth doing if the one person who gets transformed in this process is you just being obedient, obedient to what the Lord's asking you to do and steward? Is that still, is the process of all the work of writing and building this thing still worth it just for the sake of like you going through the pro- that process with the Lord, even if it doesn't see the light of day, even if like nobody reads it or whatever, is that still worth it? And I've kind of determined like going on that journey with and starting this journey and continuing to go on this journey with the Lord is actually, yeah, that's, that's worthwhile. Mm. And it, it should inspire anybody to like just, do the thing like yeah. just if the lord's asking you to do it obviously there's a reason and maybe the reason is just like he's going to do stuff in your heart while you're while you're creating it and it, it could impact other people but i think it's also important to realize like god's doing something equally as important inside of you as you're creating yeah. and being obedient to what he's asking you to do yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and also too a good application for those of you who are like i'm not I don't do the art. I am not, I'm not skilled in the art. Um, is I, as illumination was talking, I was asking the Lord and I just felt like I got like the same could apply to a season that you were in that you were like, that was the worst season of my life. And that was, um, and maybe, you know, and that's okay to be in a, a place of like, you go through something difficult and, um, you're just like, just lock the door, throw away the key. We're never going to. Um, but I also know from personal experience that God doesn't waste anything. And so for mm-hmm. some people, he may be pulling you back towards these certain this certain time. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling this. Um, mm-hmm. He might be pulling you back to a certain time and you are starting to have a trauma response from remembering certain things that you were like, ah, oh, that was just like a waste. I don't even please God. He wants to deliver you that trauma, but he also wants to show you how he was at work in you during that time. So um, I think that that's also another way of like what illumination is talking about. That's another good application um, for us. Um, Cause God doesn't waste anything and he redeems right. everything and he uses everything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. And don't be don't be afraid to pick up old things or old dreams that you thought you were just gonna let die and like stay dead. Don't don't be afraid to pick yeah. those things back up when the Lord actually asks you to do it because that whole process of actually letting that thing that you let go of come back to life again is actually really hard because you're like almost kind of have this trepidation of like letting your heart get reattached to it, especially if it's yeah. like a dream, a gift, or a calling that God like you felt like God was really on in a moment and then yeah, it just didn't it was like happen. the big thing. Yeah. Right. Like this is, this is the ultimate dream. Like let that, let, let this be an encouragement for you to let that come back to life in you again. And actually like take it before the Lord be like, okay, Lord, do you still want to do something with this? Dude. Yeah. yeah. So I actually have a really cool story about that. So a buddy of mine, he was a, like a pro bass fisher and um, really, really, really skilled. And then the Lord asked him to give it up. And this was years ago and he did. 
and it was hard, but he did. He sold all of his reels and rods and all that stuff. And um, I think like 20, 20 years went by. And now he's in a place where he's really feeling like the Lord is giving that back to him. And it's a better opportunity. Um, and he and I were just talking about this the other day and just praising God of just like, how amazing is that? That you were willing to give that up. It was like one of your big things you were really passionate about. You were, you were, you gave that up to the Lord, not expecting it in return, but what God is giving back to you in return is something that's so much better. And even just like all he's gone through in the 20 years, uh, to have his character in the right place. And it's just like, that's the amazing thing about God is like, yeah, we surrender things and we surrender them, not going like, I know you're going to give this back to me, but often God does give us something better that, you know, we thought this one thing was the thing. Right. And we're like, no, I have to hold on to this because it's the thing, but then letting it go, God, what God brings back to us is so much better. Um, you know, and we never, we're never left unfulfilled when we're, we're following the Lord. So. Yeah. And even think about it this way too, of like, even if you felt like you missed timing on it or you feel like it's too late to re-engage with it. I mean, God's outside of time. So it really doesn't matter. And God, like God bringing this story back to me, like right now, obviously is for a purpose. And so Mm -hmm. even though while it's like, what five six seven years later or whatever you know it it almost like that time doesn't necessarily matter because i feel like in that process that like that seven i think it's about seven years seven year gap i had to go through and learn so much to actually be ready for the like this time like the timing is right now versus then because yeah. i have i ha- like i'm aligned to it now if that makes sense so you started this in 2016 right yeah so what's crazy is i'm working on a project that i started in 2016 and i'm like you know it's like i picked it up back up again so that's kind of crazy i just realized that yeah (laughs) i know weird twinsies yeah i think it's been cool to like both of us working on creative projects outside of this too and i think it just kind of goes to show like like, even though, like, and this is something that I've had to do in my own heart of, like, even though God has me fully invested in this, like, I'm, like, I'm giving it 100%. He, like, I also have the grace and the ability to give my 100% to other things. And, like, sometimes there is give and take of, like, oh, my creative energy isn't, like, where it needs to be for my personal project, or maybe it isn't where it needs to be for a large fair, but God supplies that. And I kind of have, like, I have the grace to have my heart in both, which has been really, really amazing. Mm. And like making sure I'm like invested in both. And yeah. I think that's just something God gives you when, you know, when he calls you to something. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, you know, in the past two years, God has also prompted you to start a writing blog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so actually, tell people about that. I will. I will. So I have a little website. It's called Illumination Rights. It's illuminationrights.com. There's a link. Link is in the description. It is. I put it there for you guys. So you're welcome. (laughs) Um, But it is there. So if you guys want to look at it, um, it's not big. And it's definitely not something that I'm like actively like I will post 
to that platform when I feel like I really need to get something out and off my chest and it's just there. Um, and really, honestly, I have to give a shout out to Lauren because I was actually talking to Lauren when my I wife, for those who are this. lost. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She and I are also really, really good friends, which is amazing. It's been mm -hmm. so fun to be not just like the producer of the show, but also be friends with both you and mm -hmm. Lauren in yeah. this process. So it's just, we hang out and it's fun. We so, hang. We do. We play games. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, but she and I were actually talking and I just was like, I was, this was just after I had graduated with my degree. And I was like, man, if I don't do something creatively with, and this is going back to the stewarding thing. If I don't do something creatively with my writing and I just like full, do full stop, I'm going to lose my skills. And I don't like, I don't want to like be stagnant. Yeah. So actually as she and I were talking, the blog idea just kind of like came up and like, why don't you just start a blog? And it doesn't like need to be anything fancy. So it's not, it's definitely not anything fancy, but it serves as a little home for some of my poetry that I've written some of like, some, and a lot of it right now is like a lot of reflective journal type stuff. And I really like, I, I like the whole journal like typewriting journaling all the time. Um, so there's a lot of that on there. There's like one creative nonfiction piece on there right now. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of short story because I'm working on a larger story. Yeah. So my, Give her time. my fiction, yeah. So my time and like a lot of my energy for fiction is being contained into a bigger piece. So I don't have anything like that up yet, but I might post some old things from like that have been revised. So maybe, so we'll see just stay tuned but yeah i do that and it's just an outlet for me to like have something maybe even just outside of this and what i'm working on for my other projects just to kind of make sure that i'm continuing to steward the gift and just not letting it be idle yeah so good yeah. so the lesson for today everybody is what is my what is my writing what you know what is mm -hmm. my thing i should be stewarding um like right. illuminations writing and, and storytelling what is what is the thing I should be stewarding right now and I'm not? Um, and go do it. You know, do like don't. Yeah, we, it's important to be good stewards of of what God has given us, uh, because that's what's going to open those doors. Because you don't, do, you do not want to be on the side of like you see the door open but you weren't ready for it, and right. God knows you weren't ready for it, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And also just like not wanting to waste the investment that God's put in me to get me where I am right now and also waste the gift that he's given me. Because obviously, like I I as a human being don't like don't have anything innate in me, like everything that's innate in me, talent wise, gift wise, has come from him. Yeah. Like that's where that's like that's where it comes from. Comes from. So if he's purposed me to do this thing, then I and then I don't want to waste his investment in doing so so let yeah. that be an encouragement to you kelsey yeah. says you are an awesome writer that's what kelsey Aww, says thank you kelsey yeah oh, so, she's so sweet. um nash why don't you go ahead and pray for people unless there's anything else you want to i mean we don't have to end it but if there's anything else that was on your heart to share um i think we're good we tapped we tapped it we tapped it why don't you go ahead and pray we for people it. okay all right Jesus, we just thank you so much for, um, for one, for this platform, but also I just thank you for each one of the listeners who are out there just um, 
We're just so hungry for what you have. And I just ask that you would reveal things to them, whatever. Maybe they don't even know what their gift is. Jesus, would you reveal to them what that is? Mm. And then also ways that they can be proactive in stewarding those things. So I just ask that you would bless them in that process. And then I also ask for you to reawaken old dreams and old desires and yes. and things that they had thought that had died within them i just ask that you would restore those things and let their hearts be like be reattached to those things and yeah and i just also ask lord that you would just um you would bring about the generations to link arms together and that we can move forward into this next seasons not just as not just as gen z's or millennials or x's or boomers jesus like as the body of christ together and that we would we would have the wisdom and understanding to know what groups to form where and when and i just release that to people right now and i just thank you i just thank you so much for this time and this opportunity and we just bless everybody in jesus name amen Amen. Illumination, everybody. Woo! Round of applause. Applause emojis in the live chat. Fantastic. Illumination is fantastic, everybody. She is such a diligent worker, so hardworking, cares so deeply. And I am so grateful to have her on this team as my right hand woman. Uh, Yes. Yeah, it's well, so I, great. and I'm also equally as grateful just to get to do this. I was even thinking about this this morning of just like how thankful I am that the Lord's actually given this to me to steward. And mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, you guys, listen, I love each and every one of you guys who are listening. Like, you guys mean so much to me. It is so much fun to be in the chat with you guys and say yeah. hi every day. So, shout out to all my regular people in the chat. And yeah, yeah. so yeah, just. Yeah, I love you guys. You're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lots of applauses from Andra as well, Aww, your mom. Thanks, mom. I better yeah. see some fire emojis too, you guys. Come on now. You yeah. know, you know the drill. Fire emojis. All right, Nash. Who how can people follow you actually? You know, you mentioned your blog, yep. which was on the socials. Okay. Yep. So um, Illumination Rights is the blog. You can find that. And I also have linked my Instagram in the description as well. So that's my personal Instagram. Um, It's one underscore nation 51. And you can find me on most places under that tag or like some variation of that tag. And then the Mm. blog has its own separate social medias, which are you can find those on the website. So Mm. that's pretty much it. Ooh, Rachel makes them. She put fireworks. She put fireworks. Yeah. I'm looking at the chat now because we're wrapping up and I can see. A whole lot of fire. I love it. Yeah. You guys know me. You know, I'm always starting the whole, like the fire emoji train in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Nash, who's on tomorrow? Tomorrow we have a very special guest. Um, Vinny Harris will be joining us. Vinny! Yes. And he will be talking about a lot of testimonies from recent ministry trips he's been on. And there's some pretty wild things that went down, you guys. So yeah, you do not want to miss. I think it's called like when worship gets wild. When worship gets wild. Yeah. So you guys, you don't want to miss that. Yeah. So Illumination, thank you so much. This was so fun. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be other opportunities, you know. Yeah, we'll so. have to we'll have to do it again. Because we got to get you not nervous. That's the thing, True. there we go. I just, I just, 
I just spoiled it for everybody. She was nervous. I, know, I was, I, I was yeah. nervous. But I told you, and I tell anybody that like any guest that comes on that doesn't normally do this, and they're like, oh, I'm nervous. Uh, is it takes a bit to get over it. Yeah. Like even me is like a very like very extrovert. Uh, I was nervous for a good you know couple of couple of weeks, couple of months. So yeah, it's just normal. It's completely yeah. Normal. I mean, I feel pretty. I feel pretty good right now. Like now that everything's like out, and it's like okay, like we're. I'm relaxed. We're cool. We're chill. Guys, you know this is a chill place. This we is where everybody chill. just comes to like hang out. We we'll go we it. we wing it, you know? So Yeah. All right. Uh Nate, do you wanna do you wanna give the, the spiel and say K bye? She loves the K bye when I say it. It's trademark. Right. I know it is yeah. trademarked. So guys, we will see you tomorrow with Vinny Harris at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Today.